All right, welcome everybody to this episode of Breaking Absolutes. Uh, I'm really pleased today to be able to have a conversation with Sharon De Den Adele from Within Temptation. And she's been an absolute trooper. Uh, she's uh, on the road and she's had to do all kinds of gymnastics just to make this possible. So we're really grateful <laughs> that she would she would spend some time with us. Um, uh, as a couple of uh, setups here, um, if you're not familiar with with Breaking Absolutes, and my name's Peter Arulian, and, and it's my show, uh, and Amazon and Twitch asked me if, I'd, if I wanted to do a show, and I told them I did if I could kind of do the kind of show I wanted, and what I wanted to do was a show where I got to dimensionalize artists that I think are doing really unique things that push the boundaries and, as a consequence, deserve a broader audience. Um, not that they don't already have a, a, a full measure of success, because I in picking the artists that I do to bring on the show. I, a lot of them are people who have had career success. But I think that the music um, is even bigger than, than the success they've had. And so from, from where I sit, um, I'm trying to enlarge their audience and go deeper on who they are as artists. Um, so if you like this approach, subscribe, follow, just so we can continue to reach out to um, people like Sharon and, and encourage them to spend some time with us. Um, and if you're not familiar with Sharon, let me just do a little bit of, of preamble here. Um, Sharon has, uh, uh, she fronts the band, she founded and fronts the band Within Temptation. Um, in her own right, she's done some other music that we want to talk about because it's really, really good. I, I listened to a track this morning that actually um, choked me up. The emotion of it was so strong. So I want to ask her about that. But um, as, as we do, just some of the accolades that she's garnered in her career, um, in 2009, there was an International Dance Music Awards where um, for Best Video for In and Out of Love as well as Best Progressive House Trance Track, she's twice run rock, twice won uh, Rock Goddess of the Year from the Loudwire Music Awards. Um, there have been nominations for um, Edison Awards and Echo Awards and Revolver Golden Gods Awards and MTV European Music Awards. Um, they have hit the Belgium charts at number one more than once. Uh, and many other chart positions there, and increasingly in, in other countries as the band's uh, awareness and success grows. Um, they've been awarded prizes um, like the Dutch Pop Prize for Best Dutch Contribution, the Dutch Export Prize for Best Selling Dutch art Artist Outside the Netherlands. Um, they've won the Burma Culture Awards, the, um, the Edison Award, I may have mentioned that, uh, Metal Hammer, and this goes on. I could continue to read these, but I think you kind of understand the point. The other, th the other, um, the other thing is that uh, because of of the nature of Sharon's voice, and I'll I'll ask her about this, she's been asked m many times and in, in various projects to be a, a participating vocal, uh, participating vocalist, collaborating. Uh, she's done that with um, Arian, who's we've who we've had on the show a couple of times. She's done that with Evanescence. She's done it with uh, Delane. That that list goes on and on, and I, I like to, to mention that because I think it's it's a suggestion that her peers um, have esteem for her as a musician and vocalist, and I think that's a very telling thing. So with that as my setup, let me bring Sharon on, and we'll talk with her. Sharon, how are you doing? Hi, I'm a bit shy now, <laughs> blushing <laughs> all over all those uh, things you said. <laughs> well, you know, it's all true. Um, <laughs> I, what I tell what I tell artists is so, some, you're so busy in, in being in the moment and creating 
um, you don't always get the opportunity to look back. And so I love to do it because I think it, it, it helps you understand how consequential your music is and how, how um, beloved it is. Um, so that's why I do that. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much. It was re really sweet. And, and uh, I did forget a lot, actually. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. You've been, you've been doing yeah. this for for a little while. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, long yeah. time. Almost 25 years um, since our first album came out. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about, before we get into the the deeper music stuff, let's talk a little bit more, if we can, about Sharon in, in other regards. Um, you, as a, as a young person, you lived in many, many different countries. Um, um, is, is, was that because your parents were, were, because of profession, were moving around a lot? Yeah, they were expats. So we were going uh, from one country to the other after a few years. So like I lived in Yemen and Suriname, uh, Indonesia. And also because my parents were like, they wanted to discover the world because they, they had a fascination for it and for different cultures. They wanted to learn of, of, about different cultures. And so even between we had holidays normally, should have had normal holidays in the Netherlands where I'm from, uh, they decided to go after Africa or Australia and go with a, you know, a Volkswagen van, you know, uh, seeing all the nature and, and, and yeah, seeing all these beautiful places that um, I think I would never have seen at such an early age uh, if they had not decided that. And I saw a really, well, diversity of the world and different cultures. And I, yeah, I'm really thankful that I had that opportunity. So yeah, that was the reason, yeah. Does, um, have you found that that experience has informed you as a musician at all? Like well, yeah, I ha because I lived in Yemen, for instance, I had certain kind of, I heard, you know, the, the typical Arabic kind of music sometimes. And I used it also, for instance, sometimes in our music, like the tuning or maybe the way of how I made notes, certain notes, and how I sang it's in particular songs like Blue Eyes, which is a, a B-side song, but, but it um, was also a little bit uh, based on that also lyrically. So it's it, in, in different ways it has um has i think um yeah touched me in a way and also uh, the way i danced on stage was a bit weird but i used to live in in in, uh, in indonesia the first six years of my life and they have like these dances with their hands and everything and when i'm on stage when i just start dancing people think it's weird in a way but i like it because it just makes me feel free and i start dancing the way the belly dan uh, 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 bali dancers are dancing actually with their hands and everything so certain things I've, i think i've adopted somehow yeah. <laughs> through my education of being in a different country yeah yeah i think it's um i love it i think it it um, not only gives what you do mm. and you, as you present the music a, a distinction, it's also quite beautiful. So um, I was going to actually ask you about that, but you beat me to it. I, Already? I, yeah, that's it. That's Sorry. Your, no, no, that's great. I love, I love hearing the backstory. I also um, understand that you, some of your university um, study was as a fashion designer. Uh, was, that, well, was that something you wanted to do as a profession or is that just a different interest? Well, I, the first thing, my biggest passion has always been music, but because everybody told me there was no, you couldn't, you couldn't earn any money or any living from music, uh, 
I had to go for a real job <laughs> because, you know, the Netherlands at that time didn't have that much music history or uh, pioneers. They had a few like Shocking Blue who wrote the original version of Venus, but also, uh, of course, the Golden Earring. Uh, I don't know if you know them, but they had some amazing songs as well. And they were very big in America at a certain point. Uh, but those were just a few people, you know, for a few bands. And so not many people to look up to or to pave the road for other artists because it was you had to do it yourself and so a lot of people said it wasn't uh, with the type of music we were making not very realistic to become you know like a full-time musician and um so uh i had to choose a different thing and i wanted to be a fashion designer but eventually i I chose a more commercial version of that. I had to change it to uh, be in more the, the logistics and uh, the commercial side, the marketing side of uh, the brands and stuff like that because there were no jobs at the time when I graduated. So uh, <laughs> eventually I did, did something totally different. But with the band, coming back to that, I you know we just started as a hobby band and just uh, because everybody told us there was no, no future for it. And we just put all our time and love and effort into it and I could do all my fashion part also in the band the way how the band was presented of course so I had you know for the band was for me everything and eventually when it did head, hit off by accident that's how we see it anyway <laughs> um, yeah that was a big surprise for us so um, yeah so I finally did get to do what I wanted to but I still love fashion in every way that I can implement it in the band and uh, trick everybody to wear something that I like for them. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's good. I, I think it's, um, I, 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 to the degree that you're sort of influencing some of the look of the band, I think that that's really, really great because it, it's another area that gives the band some uniqueness. Um, you, one of the things I read is that you, um, as part, it, along the journey, you were asked to help chair um, the Eurovision Song Contest. Is that is that something that you continue to do, or do you still have time for that? Um, well, you know, um, no, I did it once, uh, and that was in the time that I was actually doing a, a project of my own, working on a project of my own, uh, my Indigo, which is totally different from William Station. It was a, a solo project that I did. Um, but uh, for me, it was like we've been asked as a band because we were... Uh, also uh, known out, we were doing really, we were doing really well in other countries, just in, than the Netherlands only. So people were asking us constantly every year, please go and be a representative of the Eurovision uh, contest. But I felt like, um, and I wanted to see up close what it would mean if we would do that. So uh, that's why when they, you know, I said I'm not going to do the, this for the band at this point because I don't see the logic right now for it because it can also harm the band a lot because it's such a different kind of platform to present your band and you know people already know us outside of the Netherlands for us it's not a necessity so I really wanted to make uh, sure that it was the right decision and for me it was a nice way to see it up close to be like a, a, a jury member so um, when I did that I did stay with my first conclusion that it is not something for William Station because I think it's more for for artists that are actually um, you know beginning and has, you know are starting up and don't have that audience or fan base already that have a certain picture of you. So um, I think that's the most 
um, it's a very good opportunity for those people, and but not yeah. for a band that had been around for such a long time already. And uh, well, for some bands, it's great, but I, I still believe that it could harm more than it can do justice to our band. Because if you don't win, you know, uh, in the Netherlands, it's like everybody has something to say about the participant who goes to the Eurovision Festival. <laughs> 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 I love it, and then you're being played on the radio. And when you do, along, as long as you're in the contest, it's fine. But as long when you lose, you don't want to know the things they say and read and re uh, you know write about you. It's like I think that doesn't do justice to the people that participate and want to represent their country in that way so i think especially for a newcomers it's a really a nice opportunity but for bands like us i don't think so that much yeah yeah no that makes a ton of sense to me um hey listen um one one more question before we kind of get deeper into the music um i see that you know you've you've made the choice to to be a mother and i i, I i'm a i'm a dad myself and i i found that that experience sort of was pretty transformative for me. And it makes me wonder with a musician, particularly someone like yourself who's had so much success, if that experience um, changed how you thought about music or your approach to music, I even if only in re the rendering of certain songs. Well, um, it, it did, for my personal project, it, it did most definitely, I, um, yeah. I wrote some songs about uh, about being uh, like a mother, like for instance, like Save and Sound is a song that I put on my, my Indigo record. It's more about how you see, um, yeah, I could talk a little bit more about that, but for the station, uh, a little bit more or less so, it's more like you take it in yourself when you write uh, lyrics, for instance, for certain songs like um, when you write about the environment, the future of the world and, and humanity. And um, in that context, I do have like, that part of me, of course, when I'm writing, I have a different aspect that I'm thinking about, you know, the future because I have children. Yeah. Uh, then I do take that into account, of course, but it's more when I make the more personal songs about that, it's more on my personal pro uh, projects. Well, let's, um, I want to talk more about your voice, but because we've already uh, mentioned a couple of times um, your, your solo project with Indigo, let's talk about that. Um, you, the way I understand it is you kind of started to do that, not necessarily with the intention of creating a release, but more for yourself. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah, well, it was actually my dad uh, got sick. He had cancer. And when he started to get sick, I felt like I was at the same time that I well, was really a bit burned out. You know, I had a, uh, close to a burnout, I think, um, with music and traveling and being in this roller coaster of the band for so many years, and also getting at a certain age that you you start thinking, overthinking your 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 uh, well your early past as well, and um, so it's um, all that combination of my father getting sick and me being in that stage of my life. I felt like I needed to take a step back and uh, well, and also a step back from Wood Invitation because we have been in the roller coaster since I, my late 20s. And I've never been done anything else than this except for my first uh, day job that I had. <laughs> so I really needed a break from everything and, and, and I uh, transformed that in songs actually. And um, I needed to uh, find my love back for Wood Invitation at that time. So that's why I wrote the album also figuring out what I wanted to do with my life and how I felt about my father getting sick and my 
yeah, my life in general, how I was brought up and dealing with certain issues and with myself. So it's all been put on that album so I could place it somewhere and um, document it in a way, I think. And um, it was a necessity to even continue making music in the future with, with Invitation. So at that point, I wasn't sure actually if I wanted to continue with Invitation. And, but because of the project, it also actually eventually brought me back to William Station because I found out that it, it was also my lifeline somehow you know it's it's what I do it's what I love but I hate being away from home that much especially when things like this happen and also for my children because um, you want to do right by them as well so I, I decided also at that point that I want to do a different way of touring uh, tour in not like six weeks in a row but just cut up like two weeks and then come back at home for two or three weeks be a mom and be a normal person again and then go on tour again for a few weeks and be whatever I am on stage and uh and I, I love both and it's part of me both it's a different uh part, a different uh version of me I think it's but it's both me it's not an act or anything it's, it's just parts of me and they all need a voice and they all need an outlet so now I'm, I'm i'm in a better place now i think so i'm trying to and i think i'm trying to uh, do it better every time with every tour that i do i have to do it differently because that feels better so i'm just going by my own compass <laughs> navigation and try to figure out every time what works well i um i have to applaud you i, I uh for a number of reasons i one i think it's ambitious to to have the career you have and to find a way to navigate that with being a mom. So kudos to you there, and I and I love that that you use music in a way to sort of figure out what you were going to do. And and the music in in the Indigo record, it has a different sort of to me anyway. It has a different sort of sonic experience than within Temptation. But I um what I found remarkable I I and I, I mentioned this in the in the in my setup, but I listened to the title track this morning and and um, and I watched the video and I don't know if the if the video re representation was intentional relative to that or or if maybe there was a director but it um, as I was listening to your your words and the music um, it really it was interesting because the music has has one sort of quality and then the way you invest it with emotion with your voice and the lyrics was really touching um, and I actually stopped and replayed a section. You, you have a line where you say, can't we take a second now to rain down the heavy storm that's in our chest? And I just, yeah. it, that hit me, that hit me really hard. Um, so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to ask you that in that particular, that particular video has this moment towards the end where a kid separated from his mother moves heaven and hell with and, and this creative mind to find his way back to her. And it's a very moving piece. Uh, is yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it, so anyway, uh, maybe that's more of a comment than a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, it is a direct connection to what the song is about. It's being separate from uh, the, you know, children are so so um, have such a difficult relationship with their parents. I think most of the time because they are they will forgive their parents for everything they do eventually because that's the love that you feel for your parents as a kid and that's what the love is most of the times also from the parents 
towards the kids. But uh, you have sometimes also a miscommunication because there is age difference. There is a different way of some people can express themselves very easily and others can't. And um, this is a, for me a very personal story. So it's, it's, it's a little bit about the relationship for me getting in contact with my dad constantly because he was always away from, for his work. And that's also why I have trouble sometimes with uh, being on the road because I miss my kids as well. And, and at the same time, I remember that how I felt when I was, I was struggling without him because I needed my dad very much. Um, I remembered also like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving as a mom as well. So that was difficult for me as well. And uh, that's also why I'm still struggling every time when I go on tour. Like I have to find a way that is working for them and for me. And I'm tr uh, in that song, I'm trying to um, talk to my dad also in a way that how that was for me as a kid. And it had also a certain impact on my life for if eventually. Um, and uh, and on, in, in the family life that we had at the time, which wasn't always perfect. No, nobody's uh, uh, family life is perfect, of course, but it had certain consequences for me as a person. Yeah. Well, you've done a, a remarkable job, in my view, with that record in, in sharing some of that emotional territory. So thank you for that. I think it's, um, I'm glad that you took time to do that, both for yourself and for those of us that, for, that you've shared it with. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> Um, just a, a few minutes on your collaborations before we get to Within Temptations. So you've, you've, you know, you've done work with um, Tobias Samet with um, Avantasia. Um, you've done work with with Ariane. I, I wonder, like, are you get you kind of get, um, and it's not only with with sort of narratively driven music, but you do definitely get um, get asked to participate in in you know narrative storytelling with a number of these these artists. Is that something you have any particular attraction to? Because it seems to me that even in your own records, and, and there's some of it that's very specifically this way, that um, you have a penchant for that. Well, um, for especially Anna Held, which I played the role for uh, with Tobias Summit, um, I felt really, um, I, I, he told me the story, what the storyline was about. So I could really go into that emotion like, almost like an actor, you know, and get your own life experience uh, in there to uh, portray her in a certain way. And um, and he just let me free to do it however I wanted to. And I was really happy about that. So it was, uh, that was really a nice way of working with him because he gave me the complete song. And so I could really prepare it really well. And uh, that was a really a nice, nice project to work on. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, we, we don't have time to go over them all, but let me just mention a few for people who are listening now and who will hear it later. But um, you were you, you worked with um, um, Ariane on Into Electric Castle. Um, you've been a guest vocalist with uh, Tara Turnin. Um, you've worked with uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence. Um, there's, and there's more of these. We'll put a pointer um, so people can go and discover some of this, this music. <laughs> um, I think it's exciting. Uh, you know, I love to see this. This and and you've done this yourself with your own with within temptation. Um, let's just skip ahead to that. Um, there was a record you did called Hydra that where you you yeah. seem to deliberately pull in collaborators. Can you tell us some more about that? Yeah. Uh, well, for instance, we worked with Exhibit, which a lot of people had their opinion about. Uh, they loved it or hated it. Um, we've always. Um, like we would like to 
evolve our sound, but also try to make crossovers and challenge ourselves to make it work because we like so many different kinds of music. It's not just metal that we like. I, I, for me, a good song is a good song. If it touches me, it's an amazing song and I will love it. It doesn't matter what kind of genre it is. And um, sometimes I feel a little bit limited just being in metal. So the crossovers gives me the space and, and the chances to reach out to other uh, uh, bands or musicians out there who are so extremely talented and which uh, you know a crossover it can bring so many such a new thing to uh, to music so for me anyway and um, it inspires us so it's uh, yeah working with him was also such a was an amazing thing to do and um, he came to Amsterdam to us and he did the video there and uh, well, he's just such a wise and nice down-to-earth guy and you know although he has such a different background um we really connected and i think that's that's what music does you connect to each other although you're from different worlds and um different backgrounds yeah and that's the that's the beauty of music to my opinion now you've um to this point you've uh had the courage not all artists do and i i don't mean to throw shade on on artists who kind of find an approach that really works and, and love to continue to do that. But you've had a certain courage, I think, with with your band to to do different things. Because as I was kind of walking through the number of records, um, there's you have uh, music that is more traditionally goth metal uh, and or doom metal. You definitely have flavors of neoclassical uh, with that kind of orchestration that has become a signature with some of your music. Um, there's stuff that's got folk influence. Uh, you, there's a whole, whole um, uh, area or strata of your music that seems to be influenced by 80s pop and that sort of pop yeah. rock sound. <laughs> um, and forward to industrial and EDM. And um, I think it takes a certain, I don't know, fortitude of, uh, you know, because you never know, you just want to make great music, but you never know when what a fan's going to, how they're going to receive it, right? Yeah, totally. But I've always felt like if um, if I'm an indicator, if they liked liked what we did before, and and I'm in the in indication of what's going to be for the future, then if I like it, I think I hope always that a big part of our fans will like it because the essentials stay the same. We like heavy music, we like melody, and we like uh, the epic scenery and storytelling because we are storytelling storytellers in 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 the essence of everything we are storytellers and that comes back in every record although we change a lot still but i think the red line is still there from a lot of things although we i, I do understand if you compare the albums from the first one to now people are shocked probably <laughs> but still i think the emotion is still there the, the melodies are still there and the heaviness we embrace that still because we still love the heavy sound of uh, a lot of things but yeah, we like to explore and for us it's a necessity instead of something that is uh, really um, something that is that you're thinking of we have to do this no it's more like a necessity to be inspired to do this still after so many years it makes us makes our, our blood rush uh, you know makes us feel alive to do new things and that's that's the reason why we do it yeah I think it's a I think it's almost in some ways become part of the signature of the group that that you know you fans can expect that that you're going to breathe new life into into each new album because you're going to bring new sonic experiences to it um i was listening to the most recent single which we'll talk about um just this but just this morning 
and I was struck by some some sections of that 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 sounded new to me that I don't think I had heard in your music before. So I think you've almost created this this which is super unique for a band, I believe. This uh, expectation in your fan base that I can't wait to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, they're they're ex- they're excited and they're afraid at the same time <laughs> <laughs> because I know there are some albums that people really don't like, but and and others will dispute that and say that the albums that the other ones like they don't like that. So it's you know everybody has their favorites, and yeah. the thing is with music, I think um, you know people connect their emotions to it. So if they hear something that they can relate to, they will hold it closer to their hearts than songs they don't have any emotional connection to or imagery to i think and um that's i do it myself actually i have bands that i carry uh, with me in my heart since my childhood and um and when they do something new it's like ah i wanted to have actually exact replica of that album but then new songs you know so i can i totally can relate to that but it's But uh, at the same time, I'm really happy to discover new music that I've never heard of before or wasn't aware of, like uh, the new uh, new core metal. You know, it's like that's something really recently that I discovered, although it's been there for quite some time. Of course, it's a new development of uh, different kinds of genres. And um, but somehow I missed it. And so recently with the pandemic, I was actually having more time to search for more music. And not just me, the whole band was just gone on, on the Internet and search for new blood and new inspiration and, and then you come across a, st- a style that we didn't know that much about and then you start to explore it and uh, yeah trying to implement certain aspects of it into your own music and and we are so totally excited about that song particularly of course because it's something new and you want to play it live and yeah can't wait yeah I well I'm um I ha- I'm a little I don't know maybe I'm strange in this regard but usually when I when I find an artist um, I'll attach to their their melodic sensibilities, the the timbre of their voice, as I as I oh, have really? with the way you sing, and and what I find is even when they introduce new styles or they take new approaches, um, I usually recognize something fundamental about the group that doesn't change because it's all filtered through them as musicians. So I you know I have bands like Queen Drake that I'm a fan of that have gone through a ton of permutations. And some of their fans only want to hear, you know, they only want another Operation Mindcrime. Mindcrime, um, yes, exactly, um, yeah. But, but you know, I'm a huge fan of even some of the, the later records and sometimes the deep cuts. Um, so, so you know, I understand there's an attachment sometimes to certain songs. And so I actually think sometimes that's because of who you were when you heard that that music. Yeah, you know, there's a, yeah. an attachment. Um, but I'm I'm th- I'm mostly just underscoring the point that um, I'm I'm happy to have a band like you that is continually looking for things. Uh, um, I love the excitement and I all. Uh, but your voice, even though I think your voice has matured and gotten stronger, um, it's always you. And that um and so that's a good segue. I want to talk a little bit. I I about your voice. I um I've done. I don't want to rehash like training versus not training because I know that at least from what I've read that th- that wasn't um. Formal training wasn't something that you you did, but that you did spend a lot of time practicing. And so you've done a lot of self-instruction. And so we have a lot of musicians that follow the channel. I wondered if you could share with us just a a, a little bit about how it was that you, because I read you'd sometimes spend three or four hours a day just really working your voice. So I'm interested in how you found your path to such, I mean, such a mature, um, powerful voice that you have. 
Well, when I started singing, well, the first bands I was in, I was like 11 or something, but I've been singing way before that just for myself, of course, in the shower, before, in front of the mirror, like any other young girl does, I think, when they discover a voice, their voice. And uh, what happened for me was like, um, I discovered um, a, a, a Mariah Carey, actually, which is not the typical kind of music that I would listen to. But I was intrigued by her vocal range and uh, the first two records I really loved. And she was going like high and low. And I was like, oh my God, it's like Steve Vai, but then, you know, for vocalists, you know, I was like going high and, and doing so many things with her voice. I was like, I was amazed. And um, so I started practicing with her voice, seeing her songs with that very high, highest notes, <laughs> driving my parents crazy. And then, you know, just as long as I could sing the certain notes that I found interesting. And uh, it's like playing guitar, I guess, you know, it's like trying to see how much, how more difficult can you get it? And if you don't just work it out just as long as you can yeah. <laughs> with blisters. And for me, no blisters, of course, on my fingers. But um, yeah, and I felt naturally if, if something didn't work, I tried to go around it somehow with my voice still being able to reach you because I was fascinated with people with very light voices and um, I started with Olivia Newton-John which is more country music of course but I was in love with Greece oh, yeah. and that was a voice that I could really actually sing along very easily with so I felt okay this is interesting but then Tori Amos I really I mean um, Mariah Carey I really had to practice really hard to get all those notes because range was so wide yeah. and um so like you said i was practicing i just started practicing constantly those notes and eventually i got better and better and then i started and when i was 11 uh, i started with the first band the second band i was 14 uh it was called how to be in a band and everybody got instructions how to play their instrument the, the pacific instrument they wanted to play and vocally they couldn't really teach me anything but they said, yeah, you're on the right track it doesn't hurt your vocal cords you're doing fine so I always kept that in mind, like, okay. And also when I was practicing myself, as soon as I felt it was difficult for my voice or painful, I started diff started different different techniques somehow. And also by listening, like, okay, she apparently she does something like this. And then I just tried it and just worked out that way. So, and eventually uh, I got up, uh, I met Roberts. He was in a band called The Circle, making similar kind of music as William Station does nowadays in the early 90s, I think 91, 92, when he started with that band. And when I met him, he was 94. Anyway, um, and he asked me to sing in a more like Celtic kind of way. So I started to explore that, like Dead Can Dance and Clannet and those kind of bands and seeing how they were singing. And I was a, I've always been a big fan of Tori Amos. So I was always inspired how she was singing. So all these, all these uh, ladies that I was listening to, I've, I've taken in, I think, certain things of them. And eventually when the band progressed as well with tonalities, I had to go lower with my voice and uh, search a different kind of layer of, of tonalities again. And uh, that worked out also for me. So, but it was just developing, it was going very naturally, like progression of the music. I had to progress also with my voice in a certain way again. And also with this latest song that we've done, I go to the really lowest registers of my voice <laughs> where I also go to the highest one. So it's, it's like, and I think that's why I like 
just not because it's the latest single, but because I go um, to so many varieties of of the scale of notes. I really love the sing shed my skin that much because it's like really high and really low and yeah, a little bit showing off maybe. <laughs> no, I, it, it, <laughs> I, that's what I mean. I think that well, I have a bias towards vocalists anyway because I'm a vocalist, so I I listen oh. very uh, attentively to a, a singer and so i wanted to, to tell you what i find remarkable in your voice um you i now understand better having heard you talk about it because the the this sort of light um tone that you have like olivia newton john is so beautiful and so delicate and um there's a lot of great female vocalists but not all of them can do this at, while at the same time being able to max you know hit a max range um with the sort of resonance that you do there's there's an um and it's all good like uh, uh, there's a place for all of it but what I what I love in your voice is when I'll hear and this is on the most recent single shed my skin is when you get up into that really high register it's resonant and it's powerful but it never sounds forced it never sounds like oh my gosh she's she's pushing so hard to hit these notes it sounds kind of effortless and for that I mean it's that's um that's just a remarkable vocal technique um so I wanted to compliment you on that. And by the way, that oh, song, <laughs> that song is, um, it sounds like that is one where you are exploring this, this newer metal as a, and integrating the sound. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And, and also going that low was also very yeah. new for me. And, but I loved it also because like, I don't know, it, it, it's, it feels, I felt, I felt challenged because in the beginning I said, I can't sing this. I can't sing it that high and I can't sing it that low. At least that was what I was thinking. And then I said, I had to sing it for real, of course, because we had done small parts for the demo. And, and then I was starting, singing. actually, it just doesn't, doesn't, I can do this actually. So I was really surprised. And also uh, Christoph, who had to sing along, I can't sing this, I can't sing this. That's how it started. <laughs> The conversation when we were talking, like, oh, we want you to sing. Like, I can't sing this song. It's too difficult. And then he started singing. It was just perfect for him. So, yeah, you know, you, sometimes you surprise yourself. And that's, that's I think, a nice discovery for yourself. Like, okay, if you just try, you have to try things yeah. again. Yeah. Well, you, uh, I was going to mention this, but uh, you and he, Christoph, um, I mean, the, the the third vocalist whose name escapes me is great, too. But you and Christoph yeah, in particular, ha your voices um, blend together really well. I don't know if you knew that before you started, but um, they, I mean, not all voices kind of um, mesh. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. Not every voice complements the other one yeah. sometimes, although they're beautiful on its own, but somehow doesn't work together. I totally agree with that. I didn't know it was going to work. Uh, all I knew was I loved his voice. I love his voice. And um, one of the reasons also to ask the band, uh, also because of the music they make and also the way they wrote their music, because it's very interesting how they write their songs and everything, because it's it's quite genius, I must say, how they, they're a really good band, actually. She should check them out. And, uh, but us, the voice, the, I was, I was. The name's uh, Anasoke? Anasoke, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, I just wanted to be sure we said it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And and I love I love his voice. So this was one the main reason for me to ask him. And I felt like I just it just, just touched me. It touched me so much. It was so emotional. And I felt like we can really, yeah, you know, maybe compliment each other somehow. But I was not sure if it's gonna work. So I was really happy how it turned out. I'm really yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really 
proud of the song and how we worked out together. It was really because it's it's challenged us both to do something beyond what we normally do, and uh, yeah, and it worked out uh, well, yeah. I think. Yeah, it it really did. I mean, there's a this this is the song I was referencing earlier, and this is real recent. This is within the the last six or eight weeks that this is released. Um, but it's got um, it's got it's got the duet. It's got soaring vocals, just like some some amazingly like uh, you know, big notes. Uh, it's also got this low register you're talking about. You also do this other thing. This is not the only track, but I wanted to mention this is um, something that, as as I was taught, it is called the glottal stroke, and it and it, it creates this effect when you're kind of transitioning between into note a note. Um, it's a theater effect, and it gives your music a sort of um, a sort of dramatic presentation that uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Some some singers do it quite naturally, but um, and I, c- I can point to it maybe it when when my when I post this. But you do this I- particularly in this song, and it gives it a, a, a dramatic presentation that's really unique. Are you aware that you do this? No, I don't actually. But uh, I sometimes have this. Uh, I, I, because you meant you mentioned like uh, some people do it like in, in musicals. Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, I like musical music as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's some. So I think probably somewhere I picked up something singing musical songs as well, like uh, Phantom of the Opera. I love to sing, and like in the past I, I did it for a certain time in my life. So I think always when you write songs and when you start singing songs, you take certain elements to reach. What you have in your in your mind, and you don't know exactly how you do because I'm not technically you know educated for singing any in, in any uh, way, but I do everything by uh, instinct, instinct, and just searching um, how far can I go with my voice uh, in a natural way without having anybody told me any uh, how to do it actually, but just just trying things and tutoring myself actually in a way. So uh, I don't didn't notice no. So it to makes, answer that, I didn't notice it. No. <laughs> it makes sense to me that um, that hearing you do this, in, and this is not the only track you do it in, um, but I wanted to bring it bring it up because this is the most recent thing, and I think it's a, this song's a good gateway into. Um, within Temptation, for for people who are less familiar with the band, but it makes sense to me that you're that you're a theater fan because um, yeah, I love theater. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some of this in your voice. Um, <laughs> one of my last uh, main questions uh, is returning to something we touched on briefly, which is around narrative in music. And when you guys uh, did the Unforgiving, um, you guys had a real. I mean, that was conceptual from the from the that's yeah, it was from the beginning. Yes, we had a, a, a comic also going along with the, with the album. We had our own comic telling the whole story of the concept, actually. Now, is that, um, was that, you had someone sort of create a narrative for you to write to, or did you have, have the idea for no. that? No, we talked, uh, we, we wanted to make a comic, and we had a basic idea what the story should be about and then we were looking for a writer to write it for us and together with us so uh, we gave him the concept of what we wanted to have and the theme and he started um, you know bring, uh, you know giving feedback on that and so we gave feedback and back again so forth and back and forth it became an, a story on its own together and uh, where he was uh, eventually took the lead uh, after that when we gave him you know it's like okay this is what we want and we want these kind of stories more like more you know happening uh, in the story and he wrote the story for us so that was how it 
yeah, it came together. It came together really well. And though the videos for folks who haven't seen the videos, you you said once I, I, I found a quote where you, you described at least some of your music as very cinematic. And um, this this particular record and and for sure these videos that you guys use to sort of tell these stories are absolutely that way. I mean they're like they're like mini movies. They they, yeah, st- they, they stand <laughs> on their own. Yeah. Yeah. It's really remarkable. Um, well, so we have um, this most recent single. I know that this is just a single. The mm-hmm. I, What's next for you guys then? Is it touring? You've got tour dates, right? Well, uh, we have maybe one show still in the Netherlands, and then it's going to be a new single again this year. One more single coming up, which is totally different again from one the, the, the first three that we've do- just done. And I hope people will like it because I've written, well, we we wrote this song actually um, at the time that we wrote also Entertain You, but it's such a different song and it, it has a little bit of flavor of The Unforgiving actually. So I'm wondering how people will uh, how people will receive this song. I really hope they like it because it's one of my personal favorites as well. <laughs> so, um, and then it's going to be working on new material again for uh, the upcoming album, uh, which will be released with the previous songs that we have just released as first three already um, on the album next year, at the end of next year, probably, hopefully, oh, okay. if everything goes right. So, yes. So you're kind of and doing... then, of course... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and we have, of course, a tour in March, April with uh, Evanescence, the World's Collide Tour. That's what I was going to get to. So so you guys are, are working on material, but as you kind of run up to the new record, there will be tour dates. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, have all of those been published or are there still some to be added? Well, at this point, we have a lot of catching up to do from shows that we had to postpone. So, and as things are still very unsure about the future, we yeah. didn't. Um, so the first thing we're going to do is that one show that we have in the Netherlands. And then we start the tour, the European tour in March, April. And after that, there's going to be a lot of festivals that we have to catch up with. And after that, it's still uh, open, actually, what we're going to do. it's uh, We have so- several options to go to and uh, we're still looking into that. So, okay. yeah to keep um keep checking our social media <laughs> i'm sorry that's not a mar- that's not a marketing marketing excuse it's really true yeah. <laughs> we don't know yet <laughs> i think everybody's kind of in that the world and the flux um so we'll yeah. definitely include a pointer to uh to your to the within temptation and i encourage people to check out your indigo uh, solo record it's remarkable i think it's well worth um your time um there's definitely some personal shadings in there that i think give it emotional complexity. Um, my last question for you that I always ask folks I talk to is, is there a, another mountain that Sharon wants to climb? That could be a creative mountain, something um, different. It could be non-creative at all, but is there something that you want to do or, or, or try and achieve in your life that uh, you just haven't had time for? Um, well, there's, you know, I'm a person that likes so many things and, uh, but if you want to do something well, you really have to go for it. And, and music is my biggest love and passion. So, um, you know, I play tennis, but I'm not very good at it. So <laughs> I'll skip that one. But, uh, you know, but, uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, you know, it's at this point, it's really, really finishing the new album and trying to to a challenge it, it, that's it's maybe a boring answer but you know music is really my biggest love besides yeah. family of course but um but it's it's you know there's so much still to explore and i don't want to look back on what we've done too much because 
uh, it will stop me from going forward also in a way to, that's a crazy idea in my head probably but um so uh for us the biggest chance is again to write um still is to write the best song ever for us you know it's like and yeah. uh, the latest single is for me now the best thing we've done so far but it's not always the best song we've you know but it's it's uh, for us you know it's challenging ourselves to do better every time because it makes it interesting and to keep yourself pushing yourself in a good way of course yeah. uh, to um, to reach a little bit outside the borders of what you've done before and and uh, yeah to learn from other musicians and also be uh, give a, a stage to different people uh, to uh, be seen as well so it's a, it's a, it's, it's a d double function you know and um, so but also what I've just been there's a book that I'm going to read when I come back home because I forgot to bring it with me. But there's this book. It's about uh, a guy who organizes um, different kind of things in the Netherlands. Like, for instance, that we have this uh, Liberty Festivals. And it's reflecting on the liberty that we have as a democracy in the Netherlands. and But also reflecting on things happening in the world in different countries where they have... Um, where uh, democracy is not that successful <laughs> or being oppressed or how you want to say it or call it and he there's a book about him and how he does these festivals with uh you know trying to have a higher goal than just music but combined with some kind of charity or some kind of of um well doing something um uh, to pay attention to 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 put um, a light on certain things in the world that aren't correct or trying to help them somehow to also uh, make people realize that democracy is very important and, and uh, so um, these kind of things is maybe a bit of blurry kind of story but he does uh, several projects in the Netherlands and he does not just music but he combines it with something good something that is bigger than just music itself and that's very interesting to me so i'm going to read the book and maybe there will come some kind of new ideas that we can do maybe ourselves i don't know yeah. we'll see yeah. <laughs> i hope so anyway that, that that sounds like a fascinating book um um i'll watch for your review of it so that i can pick it up myself because um, yeah that, that that's a topic that's near and dear to my heart too so um it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that um well, I, I thank you so much for your time, Sharon. I, I want to tell you I love the newest cut um, for many, many reasons. I think it is unique. Um, it's hard to say that I think it's your best, but it, it is as good as anything you've ever written. It certainly got distinction from other things that you've written. And I actually even love the video. There's It has this anthemic quality to it um, just in the way that it's, it's visually presented. Um, so kudos to you. Like th as long as you guys keep making music that where you're breathing this freshness into it, I think you're going to continue to attract legions of fans. Well, I hope so. Well, I, at least we're having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? And <laughs> that's important. <laughs> yeah. That you know that's a really good point. Actually, is you know as an artist, you I think you you seek to please yourself first because if you're only yeah, trying to please other people, you know. 
you don't get anywhere so you have to yeah. be happy first and then you can please the others like you have to save yourself on the airplane first with a mouth cap and then you can help others <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's not <laughs> strange uh, i don't know strange comparison but no it's you need to do this for yourself and then then eventually yeah hopefully there will be other people connecting to it and uh, and as long as we have fun we'll we'll, we'll continue making music i think and uh, even after so many years Thank you so much for having us and uh, for Absolutely. sharing uh, sharing us on your platform. And uh, good luck to you and everyone who's watching. Hope to see you one day, maybe somewhere. Thanks yes. for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Sharon. You have a good evening. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.